Hello. Hello. And welcome. To what? Drunken time travel. That that that's the show that we're doing. Is it? Yeah, is that like, the one we're doing? We do so many shows, it's getting confusing. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't do that many shows, and it's still confusing. I do no shows, and it's confusing. Hello. So, this week, we've mainly been thinking about our favourite mimes. Yes. Do you, do you want to know mine? Yes. Mine is this... <laughs> That's my favourite mime. Do you want to see mine or... Well, I was hoping you'd give me a critique of my favourite mime. I, th- I thought it was uh, leaning a bit to the left. Yeah. Yeah, I get that a lot. Could have been more centralised. Like a lot of, like a liberal democrat mind. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your favourite mind then, guys? That one. Uh, it's classic, that one. I, I do like that. Yeah. For its classicness. You can't go wrong with it. No. I, I, although, I do, I do the same thing. Just after I get up in the morning. Do you? Yeah. Who tell? <laughs> the birds. Whoever is there. <laughs> you go to Winden. Calm down, calm down. Yes, with my uh, scouse wig on. <laughs> now we've lost that audience. <laughs> Yes. What can we get rid of next week? <laughs> anyway. On my left, a man who many would describe as a plinge, it's Irish Gav. I had no idea you were actually going to shout that. <laughs> I had to shout it. Um, yes, and on my right, a man who others would describe as a tomtit, it's English Gav. Hello. Do you want to tell the good people listening on their radio devices about the beer this week? The beer this week is called the Teleporter. It is a ten malt porter. Yes. Did you see what they did there? Yeah. They took they took some of the letters. Yeah. And made another letter type word. That is indeed what they did. <laughs> yes. It is like a veritable word feast. Veritable word feast is one of my other podcasts. So, moving on. Just going to move on now. Yes. From my veritable word feast. From one veritable word feast to another veritable word feast. Oh my god. Can you take it away, Mr. Synopsis? Well, I'll tell them about what the episode's called first. Go on then. <laughs> and what we do. It's Fuck that. <laughs> it's called they the, should know by now. It's called the Time Monster. <laughs> and it goes... I, I don't know how this podcast works. And it, yeah, just imagine if you randomly just thought, oh, I'll just listen to this podcast. <laughs> something, something to do while I do my favourite mimes. Yeah. Uh, what were we doing? Yes, Time, time Monster. Mm. And it goes thusly. Epistory 1. 
The Doctor has a dream that a giant master is laughing at him. Must be a Tuesday. The master, for his part, is pretending to be a Greek professor. Definitely a Tuesday. He's working with two assistants, Ruth and Stu, on experiments on a crystal the Doctor saw in his dream. The Brig and Benton go on a date to a Tom Tit lecture at an institute. Meanwhile, Ruth and Stuart run the experiment without the master, which gets him a tad annoyed. Why tad is annoyed is anyone's guess. The experiment also leads the Doctor and Joe and Bessie to the same lecture where they follow when they follow disturbances in time. The Tom Tit demonstration then goes ahead with the master in disguise. The power overloads with the master shouting out for Kronos. Kronos. That's exactly what he says. Episode the two. The doctor bursts into the laboratory where he cuts the power. Stu, meanwhile, has been aged to an 80-year-old man and tells him he saw Kronos, a giant white chicken, and he wants everyone to get off his lawn. The doctor sees the crystal and explains that it is from Atlantis. He also says that Kronos is a chronovore, creatures that are time eaters, which explains why this story feels so long. The master tricks Benton so that he can have the lab to himself, but Benton is wise to his cunning ruse, right up until he's knocked out. The master meets an Atlantean priest called Crassus. Crassus! <laughs> episode the three. Crassus helps the master summon Kronos, who devours the Institute boss and returns the crystal. Returns to the crystal. Not like the crystal is some kind of library. Not that there's a library of crystals and they have to return the crystal to the library. Is the that crystal in a maze? It's, it's amazed. I don't know if it's in a maze. Uh, Stu returns to the normal age while the master delays unit by attacking them with a medieval knight, roundheads, and then a German V2 rocket from World War II. Or the Hitler War, as the doctor puts it. Not sure why the master didn't use anything from the future, but there you go. The rocket explodes where Yates is. Is! Episode 4. Needless to say, he's unharmed. Somehow. Somehow. Ruth, Stu and Benton go to the lab to stop the Master, while the Doctor and Joe in the TARDIS materialise inside the Master's TARDIS. But they end up with the Master's TARDIS materialised inside theirs too. Confused yet? The Master and the Doctor argue over their TARDIS scanners until the Master uses Kronos to devour the Doctor. Meanwhile, Benton is regressed to a baby. Well, I say regressed. Back in the TARDISes, the Master sends the TARDIS carrying Joe, falling through the vortex. Vortex, vortex, vortex. Episode de Funf. Joe pushes the history eraser button and brings the Doctor back. Meanwhile, at Atlantis, the Master arrives with Crassus, and they discuss Kronos with the King. He's no special K. When the Doctor and Joe arrive, they're captured and taken to the King as well. King dismisses the Master and asks the Doctor's help in saving Atlantis, which will totally work. Meanwhile, Joe is captured and put in a maze with the Minotaur. No, I've no idea what's going on either. Either. Episode 6. The Doctor fights the Minotaur like a matador and reveals the hidden door with the actual crystal of Kronos. Certificate of Authenticity included. 
They were captured, though, well, this is Doctor Who, and taken to the Master, who is king now. The Master orders Kronos to destroy Atlantis, and then he kidnaps Joe and his TARDIS. The Doctor pursues and threatens to time-ram him. Kronos saves them all, and is no longer chicken, but a face of a woman. Meanwhile, Benton has returned to his normal age and is naked. Ah, the hilarity. <laughs> oh, and the Master escapes. Escapes? Yes. Obviously. Always Master escapes. That is the thing that he does. That is the Master's raison d'etre that he escapes. You know something else that the Master also does? Oh. Puts a shift in at the office, apparently. Yes, he's he's like an office person now. Apparently. What? <laughs> <laughs> he, he works. He works as a scientist, or something. And he has and he has two assistants, Stu and Ruth. I don't see what's wrong with this. <laughs> hey, if you say their names really quickly, it's like Struth. And I want to see how he got that job as well. I want to see the interview. Well, it, they took him to the. He went to the interview, and they asked him a series of, um, you know, competency-based questions. And, he and went, then he was like, "You will obey me." <laughs> yes. But unfortunately, being being interviewed, being in, people who do interviews, they were not easily susceptible to that. So he did actually have to pass a competency-based interview. <laughs> Which, even with a time machine, took him quite some time. Well, you are quite clearly the best candidate for this job, and I really want to play it. But this test says you scored 1 out of 37. I don't know why we're scoring out of 37, but there you go. What's that device you're digging out? Why am I being shrunk to the size of a cat? <laughs> and why are you now bringing in a cat? <laughs> It's dual time. Uh, thanks for coming, um, Master, to this interview. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we should be on the other side of the desk. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. <laughs> and it says here your previous experience of uh, you know, the people under you who obeyed you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have much experience of that? And, 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 and another job as Lord of Time. <laughs> uh, yes, so <laughs> he's at the office. Oh, you didn't mention this flawless impressions guy. Yeah, is that is that a new thing that he does? Or has he done Apparently, that already? Apparently, I, I was convinced mm -hmm. he'd done that before. He'd been like a person who did the Brigadier completely flawlessly before, but apparently not. Has he not? No. And I said, I can't remember him doing it, but... Yeah, he just it's just basically he copies the, ma the, the, the Brigadier's mm -hmm. voice completely. Mm -hmm. Somehow. I, I like how when he did that, he had to go through the whole rules of getting somebody else to phone up and putting him through to him. Why couldn't he just phone up as the Brigadier to start with? Because it, because that, because that would be too quick. That would be too easy. Well, every time he does it, he dies a little. We we couldn't expand an episode. 
Another thing about his flawless impressions, mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't it really explain why his Greek accent wasn't that good. Maybe he's doing a flawless impression of somebody who hasn't got a right good Greek accent. <laughs> Does it have some authenticity to it? <laughs> so in this episode, he summons Kronos. Yeah. This, oh, this guy. I, apparently, he tries to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then gets a priest instead. I hate when that happens. Mm. An overacting priest. Mm. But then that's just everyone at Atlantis, apparently. Yeah, he's not doing too well so far as the uh, master, I don't think. No, and then he appeared, you know, he materialised in the TARDIS in Atlantis, and uh, no one actually believed that he was a god. What the hell do you have to do there to become a god, you know, to, to give the impression that you're a god? A bit more than mere magic tricks. Well, pass a competency based um, interview. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you should be a god then. Yeah, one that you can't pass by saying you will obey me. Because that doesn't work. Because <laughs> the next interview I have, I'm going to do that. <laughs> What's your name? My name's, my name's Gavin Brown. And you will obey me. <laughs> no? No? Oh, um, oh, so shouldn't his TARDIS have changed when he got to Atlantis? Because it was like some kind of computer bank thing. Maybe, and maybe when he got to Atlantis, it was still yeah. that. Maybe put it on pause. <laughs> or the computer. The uh, chameleon circuit. Maybe there was a ghost up there. We don't know is a thing yet, do we? No. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> It's just a computer at the minute. <laughs> well, is it called a chameleon circuit? We do know it's supposed to change. The TARDIS. And it certainly does, because it's been various shapes. <laughs> various shit. What what shapes is, is it? Yeah, it's, it must have oh, been, been a horse box. It's been a horse yeah. box before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know whether they've actually called it a chameleon circuit yet or not. Well, in the TV movie, they think they call it a cloaking device or something. Yeah, who cares about that? You do, because it's Paul McGowan. Um, do you want to talk about the oldest mm-hmm. trick in the book? Well, yeah, I I did enjoy that whole scene, though. With the oldest trick in the book. Well, the scene where they said... That the, the director phones up Benton and says, Oh, by the way, the brigadier said you should definitely leave the laboratory uncovered. And yeah. Benton's like, oh, I don't know, the Brigadier told me to stay here, and now you've phoned me up to say this. This is a, this is a unit officer, and he said, you, you put me in a bit of a spot. <laughs> but then the yeah. master does his flawless impression. Mm. He leaves. The, the, mm. Benton, the Benton says, okay then, and yes, leaves. Yes, but, but Benton was faking him out. Yeah. Because yeah. I'd originally written, when, he, when Benton left, I'd originally written, oh, Benton's still, still shit, then I see. But then he was faking him out because when the master came round to the laboratory, Benton came back in and said, Aha, I've caught you. And I said, Oh my God, Benton isn't shit. <laughs> but then he got knocked out by the master and I wrote, Oh, he is shit again. 
But yeah, Ben Benton came back saying uh, you he impersonated a phone call. It's like it's the oldest trick in the book. And then the master countered with his, "Oh, look over there!" and then uh, attacked him. And goes, "No, Benton, that's the <laughs> oldest trick in the book." <laughs> and then he died. It was a good scene, though. I really, I did enjoy that. It was a good exchange. Yeah, and the priest didn't say too much, so that was good. And and also was was it is this the first time that somebody other than the doctor backs up the fact that the TARDIS can't be destroyed? I don't. Well, it must be because who else is going to back that up? So it it's not actually just the doctor bragging that. Or, or but, then, but then the whole time round it, thing yeah. was apparently meant to annihilate mm. everything and everyone. Well, yeah. But didn't. Only because Kronos saved him. Because Kronos. Yeah. The giant chicken. F- woman face. <laughs> woman face chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Master also has a smartwatch that can see everything ever. With a video mm. on it that apparently he can just look at the unit convoy and whatever else he wants, I presume. He's tapped into the satellites, obviously. Or something. The satellites that look at things from ground level. Yes. <laughs> they must be very the, good the, They are really low flying <laughs> orbiting satellites. Or drones, then. <laughs> Maybe he's just sent somebody out with a camera. <laughs> <laughs> He just wanted to. He just wanted to look good on his smartwatch. Yeah. But but it's all very low tech. <laughs> it's not even live. The guy, the guy in the camera recorded it, really. it and, then, and then they're just feeding it back in later on. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> He's just trying to impress the uh, the Atlantean priest, as you do. Mm. Yeah, him, him, him was going to be impressed with a sandwich, really. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he worked for one. <laughs> and did. Um, you also mentioned about, uh, I think you had something to say about the Master running off in a sulk or something. Oh, yeah, when he turned up to Atlantis and he's trying to... Uh, Hypnotize him with uh, "You will obey me, you will him," and oh, and the old man priestess or whatever it is. Was it was he the king? Mm. The king, sorry, yeah. And the king just looks at him and goes, <laughs> "Nice try. You have to do better than that to hypnotize me, basically." And the and master just goes, uh, uh, and then just runs off in a sulk. <laughs> There's not that many people seem to be. It's only like stupid people seem to be susceptible to. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why it comes to Earth or not. I can see that. <laughs> so Kronos, this fearful Kronovore, the the chicken faced woman. Yes. Or something this, like this, that. This, this strange. <laughs> Man in a white bird suit with crappy, floppy wings. 
I couldn't have yeah. called crappy floppy wings, did you know? Mm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> right hard. I might delete it shortly after I start it up. Yeah, and to say he's uh, the god of time, and you would imagine can pretty much do anything. Yes. Uh, didn't you have some sort of comment about I, that? I, well, I, yeah. I, well, I did wonder. <laughs> I did wonder why you couldn't get out of a locked room. Yeah. The master summons this giant bird, locks him in a in a room, and. And the Kronos, the Kronovore Eater of Time, flies around the room getting agitated. Yeah. <laughs> and you could just imagine bird shit all over the place. And fellas. <laughs> and a coalfish. <laughs> I did the master bring a giant coalfish. <laughs> Boom type thing. For it, it, it didn't put up a very good impression for a god. <laughs> no. Although, to be honest, if there were gods, that would probably be what they were like. Stupid. But if that's what a god Even, is like, yeah. I've I've seen quite a lot on farms. <laughs> they all do that. But even velociraptors can get through doors. And cats can. Cats can get through doors. Oh, yes, believe me. Stupid cats. Monkeys. Loads of animals can. Humans. But, but not a god of time. No, that would be <laughs> crazy. Speaking of tomtits. Yes. Uh, tomtit. Mm-hmm. Just thought I'd say that again. Say what, sorry? Tomtit. Tomtit? Tomtit. 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 Yeah. Right, yeah. It's not the best name, is it, for a, a science project? Mm. No, not really. I, I think all the good project names have been taken by that. It stands for something, something, something through interstitial time. Transporting matters. Oh. Transportation of matter through interstitial time. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll explain what interstitial time is shortly. <laughs> But what I don't get is like this this Tom Tit thing, which is a stupid name, but anyway. No one's really interested about going to see this where they're basically teleporting objects through time and space. Mm. No one's interested in going to see this um demonstration. Benton and the Brigadier can't be bothered with it, but they go anyway. Even the director of the institute is not bothered by it. It does sound a bit boring, though. Yeah, but you're transporting objects through (laughs) space and time. Yeah, is there anything on TV or something? (laughs) It's basically Wonka Vision. (laughs) I believe you had something to say about the Queen in Atlantis. Yeah, pretty much uh, the only thing. I've never seen well, you've got such... A couple, you've got a couple of things. Um... Yeah, I've never <laughs> seen such a display of cleavage in Doctor Who, ever. Just you wait till we get to Caves of Androzani. No. 
Really? Yeah. More so than that. More so than that, you I think. You know exactly what I'm talking yes. about, don't you? <laughs> More so than that. Can I just say, if I'd mentioned... If I'd mentioned that in relation to anything else, if I'd mentioned, you know, what about story uh, Frontios, about something else you've been... What are you talking about? I don't no. know what you're talking about. But the fact that I'm talking about cleavage and caves of Andrusani, you know exactly what it is. You know, it's a Doctor Who story. You know what happens in it. I only remember the important thing. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we'll just leave it there. I think. <laughs> so, on to the Atlanteans. Yes. The, yes. Mm. Yep, yeah, one of the guys there. What, was he the first emo or something? That was Hippias, I think his name was. Looked a bit Egyptian. Yeah, he's uh, he he had a, he had eyeliner on. He was, uh, he had a perm as well. He's he shouted a lot. And looked very sad. Yeah. Was... His acting reminded me of, and you're probably not going to remember this, but in Scrooged with Bill Murray. Yes. He does an impression of Richard Burton. Don't remember that. Where he shouts a lot and talks like this. But basically that guy's acting reminded me of that mm. all the way through. Mm-hmm. I know. No? No. I don't no, think so, but I just wanted there, yeah. to I just mm. wanted to get that out there for the one person who might get it. Yes, Atlantis, because third time is the charm. Mm. After Underwater Menace where they destroyed Atlantis mm. and the demons were as Al mentioned that they destroyed Atlantis <laughs> and now uh Time Monster where they destroyed Atlantis. Mm. <laughs> Have we had Atlantis in the new series yet? <laughs> How many times has this great city been destroyed? Huh? All I would say is if you're going to name a city, you don't call it Atlantis. <laughs> or could this be three different Atlantises? That's what I'm saying. It's the most yeah. unlucky place ever. <laughs> we shall build another Atlantis. No! <laughs> we shall build it on this swamp. <laughs> I also like putting Vaseline on the lens as well. When it first, when you first saw Atlantis, it was very dark and blurry. When we first saw it in, in the earlier uh, episodes, I saw the. Oh yes, in the early episodes, sorry. Yeah. 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 Before we got there in episode five, it was all before that. It was all very blurry and dark, and it just mm. seemed like. They had no sets, mm -hmm. and they were trying to disguise that. It, it was still very blurry in episode five. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they turned the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> but I just put that down to poor video quality. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Everything was ghosting. Basically. Except Pac-Man. He was especially ghosting. Mm. Dave Prowse was the played the Minotaur. Mm. 
Mm. Apparently, he just takes he takes uh, parts where you <laughs> never the see worst it. minotaur ever. He takes parts where you never see his face. Apparently, it, it what was it? Just a bloke with a, a shirt on. Was it was a with with a giant cow head? Cow head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just ran into stuff. It wasn't even. They didn't even ask him to you know act on this. They just put that on him and uh, and shoved him and shoved him and <laughs> got him to run into things and they recorded it. We're not filming this, honest, honest Dave. <laughs> Was there any mm. point to that window cleaner? Uh, Which I'll explain. Yeah, not really. Right. Other, than, other than just, just, just spot the window cleaner competition. I think they, when they move, when they're moving objects through interstitial time, there was a window cleaner obviously cleaning the window at the time because why would you have security? And he saw, <laughs> he saw that happen, and he was shocked by it. So shocked, he fell off his ladder. <laughs> Didn't die. The brigadier then found him and said he's not dead. That thus ends <laughs> the, the window cleaner story. <laughs> Is it any wonder these things are so long? We're going to take out the window cleaner part. No, that's that's central to the to the arc of the story. <laughs> The window cleaner part goes, I walk. This story is not long enough. How can we fill it with... We could put something in about a window cleaner. (laughs) (laughs) And a flying chicken, maybe. I have a friend who'd like to play a milkman. Could we put that in? (laughs) No, let's never put that in. Or maybe they were just filming a scene and they didn't notice that a window cleaner had actually come and started cleaning windows. Could you imagine that? So, so they wrote him the, into the script. If the window cleaner had come. <laughs> at least at least he'd be there to you know, clean it up again. Well, that's not going at the end of the show, though. <laughs> nope, you're going to have to listen to it now. <laughs> Brigadier was in this as well. I've forgotten about him. Mm-hmm. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, because he, he, he was trapped in time. It was nice to see him. <laughs> well, he hasn't been in... He wasn't in the last one, whichever the fuck that was. Yeah. What was the last one? Oh, that was, the last mu- one was, was the it mutants. mutants. The one before that was the Sea Devils. Mm-hmm. And I think the one before that might have been the curtain... No. The Curtain of Death. The Curtain of Peladon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he hadn't been in the TV for a while, so it was like it was all right to see him again. Mm. Even though he'd forgot how to unit. Yeah, for for a leader of an army dealing with weirdness that unit does. Ishua doesn't believe in the weirdness. No. Yates, one of his... He, he is the uh, Scully of the group. He's not even... No, Scully had intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> and she wasn't running... She wasn't Skinner. She wasn't running the damn thing. 
Well, it would be if she and was Scully running. was forced to do this. I don't. He wanted to do it. It seems to me. But Yates phoned him up and said, "Look, what the thing is here is we're being attacked by roundheads and shit like that." Mm-hmm. And with gun, and then yeah, with gunfire in the background that you could hear. The brigadier was still. Is this some kind of joke? We've never dealt with anything like this before. <laughs> this is just too ridiculous. Drunken time travel. You're listening to Drunken Time Travel. It's 17 minutes past the hour. It's time for the. Oh, the fuck are we late? Beer interlude. So, yes, we're drinking Teleporter 10 Malt Porter, and it is by the Summer Wine Brewing Company, and they are from Yorkshire. Mm-hmm. Apparently, this has celestial character. Well, that's all right for me. Ooh, pardon me. I apologise for that. Do you feel positively celestial? I'm quite drunk. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. I quite like this. Mm. What is thy bidding? As do I, it's it's quite a light, pleasant porter. Mm. It is very easy to drink. It's it's certainly not harsh on the palate or anything. Palate. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah, quite yeah. like it. Yes. Forty. That's forty-five IBUs, isn't it? It looks it looks like a plus, but yeah, that that for a porter that is a very low score. And explain to the ladies and gentlemen what that means. It's just basically strength of taste. It's uh, it's bottled and brewed at home fourth. But no, I, I do like this one. It says it's delicious. Del- <laughs> It's delicious and and lovely. Deliciously complex, yet light enough to have you feeling pleasantly celestial. Oh, and we're drinking this because it's called Mm. Teleporter. And they were like teleporting things through interstitial time. Yeah. Fuck you, that's why. Yeah. But I'd, I'd be willing to give this a sticker. I would also be willing to said sticker give it. it it's rare for a, a stout or a porter thing, but I, I think this one. Well, I do prefer stout slash porters, but yeah, this one's quite pleasant. You know, it's it's mm. it's different, and I like it, so that's good. Mm. I don't like just giving it for porters or stouts that just. Or the same. Tastes like a stout or a party. Yeah, I like something different. It's like whenever you people do covers of songs. I don't want them mm. to do the same thing. I want them mm. to do something a bit different. Mm. There, I said it. Also, earlier on, I drank 
Uh, I believe you did to a Beaver mm. Town Bloody Hell. Mm. That was quite nice. Yes. From from Beaver Town, though, you can pretty much expect it to be quite nice. Indeed you. They do a lot of nice drinks. So, yes, good beers all around. As Wet 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 might have said. In their famous hit. Tragedy. <laughs> Tragedy. <laughs> So okay. the doctor, <laughs> he's uh, having nightmares about the master, apparently. Yeah, apparently, yes. Which I thought was a nice opposite to them, because to there was one, one story where the master had a dream about the doctor <coughs> towering over him, and this was mm. like a nice companion piece to that. Mm. Yeah. I suppose. Hmm. But uh, so the, the the doctor has prophetic dreams now, apparently. Mm-hmm. That he can tell he, he could tell that the master was involved with his crystal and shit. Mm-hmm. That's that's not pathetic dreams. Well, no. pathetic prophetic dreams. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. But I like how he woke up from the dream and all of a sudden he calls you on it. Put the world on alert! I've had a dream. <laughs> Who do you think he is, Martin Luther King? It doesn't have quite the same impact, though. No. Put the world on alert. I have a dream that the master is towering over me. (laughs) (laughs) And then Joel laughed at him. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Which was funny. Which is about the only thing she did. (laughs) Nearly, but... (laughs) Pretty much. Um, Another thing is... So the, the, the master apparently can do uh, flawless impressions now, and the doctor has prophetic dreams. Are they just developing new powers? Yeah. Why not? Is is the next thing the doctor's going to have some kind of cellophane s on his on his costume that he can pull off and throw at people? <laughs> Can't even you get that. <laughs> Go on, do you want to talk about the Doctor's time meter thing? His, his penis meter. His penis meter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, this... this uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this meter thing that he had to detect vet fluctuations in time. It was this long extended thing with two balls on it. <laughs> I mean dials, sorry. Uh, yeah, he made that and got Joe to hold it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he was sniggering inside. Because <laughs> he was the pervert. And then, and then Joe's like, it says it, this, the TARDIS is only a feet foot away, but it's not. And the doctor's like, oh, that's Venusian feet. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah, mm. that's why, that's why that's different. So he made this thing, this episode. <laughs> But he used Venusian measurements to use on Earth. Just to confuse Joe. What a Because hilarity <laughs> ensues. Here, Joe, hold this penis thing, and I've made the measurements even more difficult for you. It really yes, is. Yes, Joe, 
I'm a cunt. This really is 12 foot long. <laughs> That's in Venusian. I see what he's doing. <laughs> Ironically, the Venusians have small penises. Uh, he also mentioned cracks in time. Did he? I can't remember that one. So I time, missed it. Which is a thing, apparently, at some point in the future. Uh, if you can recall that. Yes. Also, also, <laughs> the piece de resistance. De resistance. De resistance. The Doctor makes a time flow analogue machine or something made mm. out of and not including but limited to Moroccan burgundy bottle, spoons, forks, corks, keyrings, tea leaves and a mug which apparently can interrupt time, time experiments. <laughs> yes. What the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, it just is that why the TARDIS it, doesn't work? Yeah, it just basically got a bottle and a cork and then he like stuck a fork in it and balanced stuff off the fork and then hung key rings off the ends of the forks yeah. and balanced like a mug full of tea leaves on top of that and then just span it around. And that did stuff. Voila, this will disrupt time experiments. What that, this needs to go on Mythbusters. <laughs> Oh, so the Doctor yeah. is fine with the Master doing what he wants with no consequences. Well, he did say he was going to deal with him. Well, he didn't, did he? Only because he escaped. Because that's what happens when you capture someone in Doctor Who. <laughs> After you capture someone and Chrono said, I will deal with him. And the Doctor says, can you let us deal with him? I know he kept you imprisoned and all that, but can you let us deal with him? And I'll put him back in that prison with with all the amenities he could possibly want. Is yeah. that okay? Is it? Yeah. yeah. Like how we dealt with him before. Yeah. I'll be alright, won't it? Yeah. Oh, he's gone. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, I fucked that up again, didn't I? Next time I'll deal with him. <laughs> yes. And there will be a next time. But just the one. But if he comes back to kidnap you again, don't blame me. Because I've dealt with it. Honest. Apparently. So, Joe. So, yeah. <laughs> Moving on to Joe. Did, uh, did Joe do anything? Uh, well, she, yeah. Apart from the thing she, that we mentioned, she also said that the Doctor had a real pippin of a dream. A, a, a what? A real pippin of a dream. What the fuck's that? I don't know, but it's it's only one of billions of things in this which were like, what the fuck? <laughs> From the random number generator? Yes. From the random word generator? Well, well there are several more. Yeah. Like, suffering catfish mm. is, an, is uh, someone shouts out as an explanation. Mm, a redneck fisherman? Yes, he's as, he's as something as a redneck fisherman. And the master at one point says to the doctor, I'm not going to perform for you like a... I'm not going to do your bidding like a performing poodle. And there was many more. <laughs> it was almost as if Pip and Jane Baker wrote this. 
There was one thing that Joe actually did do, though. Right near the end. Did she instigate time run? No. Yeah, she instigated the time run because the Doctor wouldn't do it. Because the Doctor and the Master are shit. After the Master uh, faked him out. He went, go, on, go on then, Doctor, do it. <laughs> you can't do it. <laughs> I knew you couldn't do it. Yeah, but it had no consequences. Yeah. Nothing happened because Cronus saves them all and then the Master escapes. Yeah. <laughs> This is Bessie again, which was alright. Doctor's mm. car. Mm. Complete with new powers. Yes, because everyone else has new powers. <laughs> yeah. Bessie can also uh, flawlessly impersonate the Brigadier. Yeah. <laughs> and now she has uh, inertial dampness. She sucks the. Uh, <laughs> her brakes suck the inertia out of its occupants and. Uh, so it can just, like, stop instantly. Yeah, because that's a thing. Mm. Just like a redneck fisherman. Mm. <laughs> it, she also had super speed. Yeah, super speed mode. Yeah. Which is just, like, fast-forwarding the uh, film. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a thing. It is. A th- it's obviously a... Obviously, it's a thing. So Stu, one of the, we're onto the, well, the, the, sky the, the scientist assistants, Stu, Stu, Stu had such lines as, God bless good ship women's lib, said sarcastically. It said words in random order. And, and then whenever, uh, Ruth was talking about women, you know, women having should have rights and something, whatever. He said, "Oh, here we go again," because <laughs> he's a man in the seventies. <laughs> At least when he was yeah. eighty, he had a reason for being a misogynist. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it, this also fell into the trap of uh, people being really easy to convince. Just, just, I presume to save some time so they can get on with script very quick and everything. We'll save some we time can... here so we can put the window cleaner in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's going and goes, no, I don't want to go on tap. The, we, we should not go on the tack. I don't, I don't want to go Go on, you should. Ah, I'll go on then, I'll go on. <laughs> but I didn't get, yeah, that was a the thing that annoyed me. The, the roof and was... then he picks a spanner up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go there. to war. I've got my spanner. <laughs> the, the Ruth was like uh, called him spineless for wanting to not go up against the master and this is this is the guy who almost died of old age like <laughs> a few hours before <laughs> he's probably got PTSD <laughs> speaking of her her explanation of time was thusly time isn't smooth it's made up of little bits. <laughs> it was a scientific explanation of time. And the bits in between the bits, that's, that's interstitial time. And that's how you move bits from one place to another, by moving the bits in between the bits. Benton got it. Yeah. 
Although she did literally say time isn't smooth, it's made up of little bits. I may have added some of it. Which is why I don't like thyme or uh, fresh orange juice. Uh, that's why I like fresh orange juice. I don't juice. like fresh orange juice. Because it's made up of little bits. I want fresh orange juice without bits. Which is why I like time and measurement. Because <laughs> of the bits. Yeah. Do you like Venusian measurements? I don't like Venusian measurements. I don't like Venusians. So the writer of this episode, he really likes his jokes, doesn't he? He, he does love his jokes. I say jokes. <laughs> <laughs> we're almost having a competition with us now. See how many you can get into one sentence now. <laughs> well, there was... Yeah, that that'll say, you can say that again. Oh. I can say what again? Like, why would I want to say it again? Yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> What's your name? My name's Joe, Joe Grant. Pleased to meet you, Joe, Joe Grant. Hmm. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Let's not do that, please. <laughs> the only way, as I said to you, this would, that would possibly be funny is if in the credits at the end, yeah. she was actually called Joe, Joe Grant. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, he's not actually that funny. No, he, he, and he wasn't. To do that. You know who wrote this? <laughs> No. Some, well, Robert Sloman, but that's a euphemism mm. for, euphemism? A pseudonym for <laughs> Robert Sloman. It's a pseudonym for some guy and... Some Barry, guy. <laughs> cream of some guy. And Barry Letts, who also wrote The Demons. I'm guessing it was some guy who was trying to get his jokes in. <laughs> Let's blame some guy. Mm. So the TARDIS then? Yes. The, the Doctor's redecorated apparently. I don't like it. Mm. He's, he's, <laughs> he's got massive holes. That's, called, no. that's apparently called the washing bowl design. Because <laughs> of the, the holes that look like washing bowls. Which is copied off the Master. Yeah, apparently so. Yeah. But that only exists, that's the only time you ever see that type of yeah. TARDIS. Because I'm presuming he, he didn't realise he was copying off the master when he went into Master's TARDIS and said, oh, fuck, that's what mine looks like. So, so he stopped using it. Yeah. Well, apparently lots of people complained about it at the time. Because they looked stupid. <laughs> because yeah. it looked stupid, I'm assuming. And then it got damaged a bit as well, so they just decided to make a new one. So we'll see that. Well, I presume we'll see that in The Three Doctors. What, the new one? The new TARDIS. Mm. <laughs> also, if uh, if he's got his TARDIS inside another TARDIS and that's why he can't get out, how's somebody else going to get in? With the aforementioned wrench that Stu brought. <laughs> a time wrench. <laughs> yes, a time wrench. That's a wrench in time. It saves nine. Um, yeah, and 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 his new decoration—it's it's all futuristic. It's all this white stuff. But I'm just going to stick this antique clock in the corner, just to offset all the futuristicness of this design. <laughs> Telepathic circuits mm. have been mentioned for the first time. I think this time. They're, they're a thing. Mm. 
Yeah, I think it was first mentioned that yeah, the TARDIS is alive and and I don't know if it's the first mention of it being alive or uh, being a thing. Being a thing. What? Well, is she, the, the, the uh, telepathic uh, circuit yeah. being a thing. Well, the the whole thing that TARDIS has been yeah. alive. I'm sure that it was mentioned in an earthly was child. Was it? Can you remember that? Can you remember that far back? Yeah. Remember when we did that? Yeah, it was like eight years ago oh. or something. <laughs> I have no idea when it was. It was like a lot of bits of time ago. <laughs> a lot of bits. And but, then what? But he, he still can't. Uh, he still can't navigate the thing. But like how the the tra- the come up with. Loads of different convenient ways of him getting around in the TARDIS, even oh. though he can't control it himself yet. He can't control it himself, and yeah. he's had that block put on his mind or yeah. whatever. Yeah, well, he's still travelling around all over the place for some reason. Well, that'll be sorted out very shortly. Hmm. Um, the Queen also heard the TARDIS noise and described it as strange music, which I quite like. I suppose it is strange music. Yeah, oh, a lot of things are strange music. Yep. <laughs> like that. <laughs> it's not strange music. Jamiroquai, that's strange music. If you ask the Queen, she'd have said it's strange music. Uh, caves? Did you did you see any more caves? No, no, okay. no. So still the twenty three episodes with caves. Yeah. My quote is this: Behind our house, there sat under a tree an old man, a hermit, a monk. He lived under this tree for half his lifetime, so they said, and he learned the secret of life. So, when my black day came, I went and asked him to help me. He told you the secret? And what was it? Well, I'm coming to that, Joe, in my own time. Ah, I'll never forget what it was like up there. All bleak and cold it was. A few bare rocks with some weeds sprouting from them. And some pathetic little patches of sludgy snow. Yes, it was just grey. Grey, grey, grey. Well, the tree the old man sat under, that was ancient and twisted, and the old man himself was... He was as brittle and dry as a leaf in the autumn. What did he say? Nothing. Not a word. He just sat there silently, expressionless, and he listened whilst I poured out my troubles to him. I was too unhappy even for tears, I remember. When I'd finished, he lifted a skeletal hand and he pointed. Do you know what he pointed at? No. A flower. One of those little weeds. Just like a daisy it was. Well, I looked at it for a moment. And suddenly I saw it through his eyes. It was simply glowing with life. Like a perfectly cut jewel. And the colours... Well, the colours were deeper and richer than anything you can possibly imagine. Yes, that was the daisiest daisy I'd ever seen. And that was the secret of life. A daisy? Honestly, Doctor. Yes, I laughed too when I first heard it. So later I got up and I ran down that mountain 
and I found that the rocks weren't grey at all. They were red, brown, purple and gold. And those pathetic little patches of sludgy snow, they were shining white, shining white in the sunlight. You still frightened, Joe? No, not as much as I was. That's good. So that's my call. Hmm. What's your quote, And uh, and my quote is uh, this: the doctor trying to explain some uh, time lord stuff to John, which goes thusly: If he's turned his sound receiver off, I must make myself heard without it. If the Thraskin puts his fingers in his ears, it is polite to shout. That's an old Venusian proverb. What's Thraskin? Thraskin? Oh, it's an archaic word. Seldom used since the 25th dynasty. The modern equivalent is plinge. What does plinge mean? Oh, for heaven's sake, Joe, I've just told you. It means Thraskin. Of course. So what did you think about this one, then, Joe? I kind of like the first four episodes, insane as they are. Um, but I just thought it went off the deep ends quite a lot in the last two episodes and with you know with Atlantis and it was quite rubbish what did you possibly think huh? yeah I thought the opposite you thought the opposite you thought the yeah. first four episodes were rubbish yeah but then... I, I thought it was dull and dragging its feet and because what the fuck is happening here there's literally nothing happening here it was oh look we've got to Atlantis something's happening now but it would but it didn't they got to Atlantis and there's like oh more characters and they didn't introduce anyone until they got to Atlantis. Mm. And it was just, oh, more characters I have to pretend to know. Yeah. <laughs> what are these people? They did it back to front. But you know what? If I, the I two, thought, if the, if yeah, yeah if, the, if Atlantis was the first two parts and then four parts after that were back on Earth, I might have enjoyed it a bit more. No, it should have been the first two on Earth and then four in Atlantis. Four in Atlantis? Yeah. We've already had an Atlantis story. Why do we need another four episodes? It didn't have to be Atlantis, but it was something more interesting and different and more doctorous than pissing around with some scientists in a room and then a flying chicken. A flying a man dressed as a flying <laughs> chicken is the most Doctor Who a Doctor Who can get. Yes, but let's have him in Atlantis. In, instead of locked in a cupboard. <laughs> a cupboard, can't get out. <laughs> Stupid crew. Stupid God. Next time, you are doing the three Doctors. How many? Three, guys. Three of them? Count them, three. Fucking hell. That's, re- a, that's a lot of Doctors to do. It's only the fucking return of the second Doctor. And... The first. Yeah. Ish. On a TV. <laughs> we could do that ourselves. Uh, the end quote is from Atlantis, the Lost Empire. Because why not? <laughs> Which neither of us have seen, but here we go. <laughs> uh, I got your four basic food groups. Beans, bacon, whiskey and lard. Discussion concluded. Well, someone's gonna come.